0: Welcome to episode 114 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Eric. He used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Eric, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. In your interactions with others, how do you find harmony? Do you sometimes feel that you are not being heard? Today we're going to talk about Concepts 4 and 5, which say Concept 4 says participation is the key to harmony and Concept 5 states the right of appeal and petition protect minorities and ensure that they are heard.
1: Before we begin, we would like to say that though we are the Recovery Show maybe in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During the show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of concepts four and five. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you'll find something in our sharing that speaks to your life.
0: My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. Joining me is co-host Akila. How are you doing today, Akila?
1: I am a little tired, but glad to be talking to you. How about you, Spencer?
0: Doing okay, uh- finally uh, had a couple of nice days and uh, particularly since the uh, weather forecast said it was going to rain and so uh, having having some time when it wasn't raining was was really uh, was really nice i can be grateful for that the first segment of today's episode of the recovery show will be our discussion of this topic concepts four and five following a short break we'll talk about our lives in recovery about how we practice these principles in all our affairs we will follow that with your email or voice contributions and some brief news about the podcast before closing. Akila, you have a reading for concept four.
1: I do. So, um, concept four is participation in Secure Harmony. And my first, so I have two readings. Actually, they're both really short. They'll come together to form one. Cool. Which actually kind of works nicely with our topic. So, the first one is on page 99 from Hope for Today. And that's April 8th. And it says, while I was growing up, my alcoholic father acted like a dictator, making decisions for everyone in the family without consulting anyone. On the other hand, my mother was subservient and rarely contested my father. I grew up seeing the extremes of decision making, dominance and lack of participation. Before Al-Anon, I had never experienced being part of a group working in unity to make collective decisions in a respectful manner, as suggested by Tradition 1 and Concept 4. Because I hadn't learned how to find my own balance between domination and deference, I usually kept quiet. And so the second reading then comes from page 270 in past the Recovery. When we take part in a decision, we feel that we are a part of the group and can support the decision it has made. Because we have contributed to the group, we feel included, heard, and valued. Participation makes us a part of the group rather than apart from it belonging is a deep spiritual need the harmony created by our active willing participation encourages others to participate
0: the reading from past recovery dovetails nicely with the, the first question i had here which is how do you understand concept 4 uh, participation is the key to harmony
1: right why don't you start Spencer
0: <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> yeah i was reading a, reading about it again this morning uh, obviously in preparation uh, for the podcast and what I, can't, what I saw from the readings was that when I participate in the group, and in particular when I participate in the decision-making process of a group, then I feel more part of the group, mm-hmm. and I feel more harmony with the other members of the group. And that's a very sort of simple way of putting it, uh, which mm-hmm. is sort of what the reading said, too, mm-hmm. that you just read. How about yourself?
1: For me, it's interesting because I didn't really learn um, concept for it that way. It was kind of when I was first introduced to it, the idea of participation in the key to harmony wasn't necessarily about the decision making, although that's an important part of it, obviously. But it's very much a part. um, It's very much all about doing your part, showing Mm. up and doing your part. And if I show up and I do my part, then I, like it said here, then, um, it makes me a part of instead of a part from. Right. And that idea that if I want something, if I want to, if I want to have a connection to something, if I want to be a part of something, then I have to do my part. So that, so for example, I'll give you an example because I work better with examples. So there were two things that happened. One is I was listening to the podcast and I said, I don't know. Like, I like it, but sometimes I wish they would do things differently, which is just the way it always is. And um, and I said, you know, I could start a podcast. This is where my brain goes. I'm saying, I can start a podcast. And there will be a perfect compliment. And I was like, but I can't start a podcast because I don't have time for that. And then I was like, wait, wait, wait. Remember concept four. Participation is the key to harmony. That means if there's something that you are a part of or you enjoy and you want it to continue and it wanted to go in a, You wanted to go in a, di- a different direction. You have to a speak up and be willing to put in your own time. And so what that meant for me is that um, before then I said, well, I can add my voice to the podcast because you asked us to, I can call or I can email and that's me participating. And that's me making sure the things I want to discuss or get discussed, get talk get talked about. And then when um when you when Kelly and the left and you were like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need maybe I'll just have more co-hosts. Then I had to call and say, listen, this is important to me and something I want to keep going. I am willing to participate to be a part of it because I want it to go on. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of those are kind of the the ways I got it. Like if there's something. So it's, it, it goes with speaking out, but it's also like, if you, if I expect something to continue, if I want it to continue, I have to be a part of it and not expect it to magically continue on its own. It's like um, a woman in my group said one time, she she would be like, why don't they have a meeting on Tuesdays? Why don't they have a meeting on, thir- you know, whatever day it yeah. was? And then she realized, wait, I am they. If I want a meeting on Tuesday, I can start a meeting on Tuesday. I can participate, and then the things I want, um, I can have a hand in making them happen, and I can have a hand in creating them. So, yeah,
0: yeah, no, that I'm makes gonna, a lot of sense, and yeah. and I can connect that to to all sorts of things in my life. When you put it that way, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in a uh, a club for a hobby, and people will say, "Hey, we should do X mm-hmm. thing," and the standard response in that particular club is if you want it to happen, you make it happen and we'll Mm -hmm. participate. We'll help. Mm -hmm. But if you, Mm -hmm. if you are the person who really wants something to happen, then you can step up and make it happen because we don't have employees. We don't have, in fact, this club doesn't really have officers. Uh, It's, Mm -hmm. it's really, uh, it's a brilliant example of, of a sort of, organized anarchy that that actually works and and i <laughs> i you know i sort of connected a lot actually to al anon because it's sort of the same way you know that uh, um you know we uh, if we want if we want something to happen if we want there to be an alatine meeting at at one of my in conjunction with one of the al anon meetings then you know somebody steps up and a couple people step up and say okay we'll be alatine sponsors and and because you know, it doesn't happen until somebody's there to make it happen.
1: Right. And it's the same thing with when it gets real simple at the meetings, when it's like, okay, we need somebody to set up the chairs, or we need somebody to chair the meeting, or we need somebody to pass. I mean, you know, every meeting is different. We pass out readings, and we do these things. And so it becomes, well, um, every person helps out with that, because that's how the meeting happens. Yeah. And... We could waste time. I mean, part of it is we could waste time being like, that's not my job. That's your job. And then nothing is done. Or we can say, okay, the chairs need to be put in a circle. And whoever's there helping out, I mean, whoever's there helps put the chairs in a circle or helps put them back after. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a, who's going to do it. It's just, okay, this is what needs to be done for our meeting to keep going. So we just do it.
0: I really like that that's a a broader um, understanding of the tradition than than what I got from the reading this morning, because mm-hmm. it's not just about sort of decisions of the group, but it's also just about actually the whole working of the group. and And I totally get it, and I know that you know when I first started coming to Elanon, I felt welcomed, uh, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I started actually participating in in some ways that I felt part of. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the various groups, the meetings that I that I went to. So.
1: Yeah, and I think speaking up is really important because just like the reading, um, the reading from Hope for today, it's like, if, and I think this this will go a little bit with when we talk about concept five too. But the I like what I really like about that reading is it talks about so this idea of why we think we can't participate with It's like, well, my opinion has no value or what I want doesn't matter, which is something I really had to work on a lot when I got in here because that's one of my um one of my core limiting beliefs, like I'm just like, nobody cares what I think. what I want doesn't matter, and part of it was because growing up. I didn't, it didn't matter what I said or what I wanted. And so, of course, then I had a lot of resentment because I didn't get the chance to speak my piece. And even if I had just been acknowledged, like, okay, I hear what you're saying. And here's why we can or can't do that. It would have made a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why the speaking up bit, when it's like, if you have something to say, you need to, you participate, you say it because that also makes you part of the group because your voice becomes heard. As part of the decision-making process, yeah. and then that becomes really important, um, and that and that'll go along more with step, with concept five too. But that whole idea of just, you know, what you have to say matters, and it matters to the group because this is how we figure out what we're going to do next.
0: Yep. And so the other thing that I think about when when I'm thinking about participating, mm-hmm. uh, and and harmony coming from participation is. Uh, my inclination, shall we say, as a codependent uh, mm-hmm. to want to do too much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think about this, I'm thinking about this, for example, in in the context of my church where I I provide service in various ways. I've provided service by working with the youth over the last several years, for example. And there are lots of things that we have Calls to action for. Uh, we have a lot of people uh, working on various social justice issues, ranging from uh, the Middle East to Black Lives Matter to marriage equality. To uh, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things out there that people in the the church congregation care deeply about and and work uh, to make 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 come about or to make things better for people and. I have to continually remind myself that the amount of service that I can give, and and fully participate, and uh, you know, there's that word participate. I think the amount it, that I can fully participate in is limited, mm-hmm. and I have to I have to decide which forms of service are important to me, but also that I can effectively participate. Uh, in because I could spread myself too thin and participate fully in nothing and and that wouldn't be helpful to any of, you know, those groups. And if I focus on one or two things and sort of when I look at service in my life right now, where I'm focusing is number one uh, on the podcast and number two uh, in my church, uh, you know, service to to the youth in, this, in the church. And in, in Al-Anon, I look at there are plenty of opportunities for service there in terms of group representative and so on that, um, again, I have to say, well, what, what is my service here? And what is, what can I fully participate in so that Mm -hmm. I don't overcommit? Um, and, and I think the word participate really helps me. Like, can I, I could, I could say, yeah, I can do this, but if I say, yeah, I can do this, can I fully participate in everything that doing this means? And, and when I'm honest with myself, uh, then you know I have to say, I have to say no to some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I recently decided to say yes to something at church, and sort of with the with the hope that this other thing that I had been doing that was probably coming to an end was actually going to end. And sure enough, um, two other people stepped up to to do the other thing. Uh, And I was like, yay, you know, my higher power provided. I put my faith there I said, you know, this this will work out. And it did. So occasionally I take a chance like that. But I really, really have had to learn to not overcommit because when I overcommit, I can't participate.
1: Right. And I think that's important too, because um, we do, I know one of the things (laughs) learning how to say no, because I was like you, I was really super overextended when I came in. I was just, and then, of course, then I was angry and resentful because and I just needed i just needed to be to myself. You know, I yeah. was just like, I just, it was just too much. Um, but there were two other things. There were a couple other things you said in there that were good because it was thinking about um, participating fully. Because one of your questions was, do I participate actively in my online group and other groups in my life? And I think about now really making an effort, like if my daughter's talking to me or my mother's talking to me. To like close my computer, you know, close my laptop. Oh boy! Or (laughs) put the phone down. (laughs) Put the phone down, or pause the TV. You know, because we're using our TV. Pause the TV or turn it off. And my daughter's really good because she'll say, "I need turning the TV off um, because I need to talk to you." But sometimes I have to say, wait, you're talking to me, you know, and then I'll stop and then give the person my full attention because that is a way that I participate. And it's just really important because then it's not like, you know, she doesn't have to say you're not listening to me or why every time I talk to you, you're not listening to me or you care more about this thing than you care about me. And I don't have to give her a lot of my, you know, a lot of my time if I if I just listen to her when she's talking to me. And the same thing with my mom. Um, you know, with anybody else, like I try to do that with my students. If they're talking to me, I try to like turn away from the computer and look at them so I can listen to what they're saying and really respond. Um, and the other thing too, um, with, when you were saying, so again, back to this idea of being overextended and, cause you know, one of the things people have probably heard is, um, you know, I've learned if somebody asks me to do something, Alan, I'm not to say no. And I do try to, and I've extended that to church, but what I do is I, if I can do it, I will do it. Right. You know, that was a distinction I had to make. It's not like, well, they asked me, so I must drop everything else. But, you know, I'm like, let me check my calendar. Let me make sure I have nothing else going on that day. And then if I can do it, I will participate. Um, and and the reason I do that, of course, is because the fellowship has given so much to me. And it's the same thing with my church. I can't, um, at this point, commit to being on boards and doing these things that have long-term commitments. But if they're like, hey, we need you to do a reading, or we need you to do this, or we're, you know, like maybe one night or two nights, something that I can really easily commit to, then I'll do it. Um, yeah. Also, just speaking as an educator. It is really annoying <laughs> when people come to class and they haven't done the reading because they can't <laughs> participate <laughs> fully in a discussion. You know, they're missing out on, on large parts. And it's like, you know, it's just thinking about, you know, when I broaden it out to participate, you know, it just makes everything yeah. run smoother if everybody does their part that's expected of them. And that's not and not in a negative kind of you must do everything way, but just bringing their whole self to the relationships that they've contracted, they've contracted to. That's the, that's the educator in me talking. You yep. want to be here and you need to do what you said. But, um,
0: yep. you said you wanted to be here. Why are you not here? Yeah. yeah
1: why are you not here? Yeah. Why are you not here?
0: You were talking about saying no. And like mm-hmm. the program asks, you say yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: when I think about that, what I think about is I need to check my motive for saying no, mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is the reason that I'm saying no because I honestly don't have the time to commit or the energy to commit or, or whatever? Or is the reason that I'm saying no because it scares me?
1: Yeah. You
0: know, is this something that doesn't feel comfortable and I'm saying no because I don't feel comfortable with it? Maybe I should say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's sort of like when when uh, Mark first asked me to be on his podcast a few years ago, uh, and and I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> Putting my voice out there on the internet for everybody to hear, I don't know how I feel about that. And so I said yes, uh, because mm-hmm. the only way I could find out how I felt about it, really how I felt about it, was to do it.
1: Um, Ooh, that's good. That's That reminds me, too, because also, yes, thinking about I had gotten, sometimes I think even when I get obsessive about things, like, I think, I just want to do this thing so bad. I want to do this thing so bad. I want to do this thing so bad. And I never do it. Then it becomes, like, this all-consuming, like, I wanted, I was like, I need to go back to dance. I want to take dance again. And I was just like, it was like, I just have to do it. And it took me a long time to finally, A, have the time um, to be able to. And then I went and I did it. And I was like... I don't even really need to go back and do that again. (laughs) 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 So it creates harmony within ourselves. It it helped me create, you know, just to say, here's a thing that I think is important to me. Why don't I give it a try? And I tried it. And then I realized maybe it's not that important, but I had turned it into a big thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other, oh, uh, yes. And one more thing about the meetings too. But we were talking about how, um, you know, at meetings, is it arranged so that more than, more than one ver- voice can be heard? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things, it must have been a meeting, they were like, when you pass out, cause we, the way we do it at our meeting, well, it's different at each meeting. So there's one meeting I go to where one person reads all the steps, one person reads all the traditions. Then there's another meeting I go to where, and most of the meetings I go to are set up like this. Where one, um, a person reads a step or two and then passes it on. Mm-hmm. So that, um, more than one person gets to read it. Then there are meetings I go, there's a couple of meetings where people sign up to lead the meeting for the whole month. You lead, that means you pick the topic for mm-hmm. a discussion. Mm-hmm. Then there are other meetings I go to where a different person chairs the meeting every, every week. Mm-hmm. And so it was something to discuss. I mean, there was a point. I know one of the meetings was in discussion, like which would be the best way for people to feel like they can really participate. In the group. Would that one month structure, keep people because they're like, well, I never get to pick what we're going to talk about. Is it better to have it rotate every week? But those are the things that groups have to consider because they want to, to make sure that people are participating and feel like they're part of the group. And groups can structure themselves to be that way.
0: Yeah. That's it. that's really good. That's a really interesting point. Like um and and I have I go to meetings that that cover most of those bases. So that's you know, <laughs> I'm very yeah. familiar with those issues. Um Okay, uh, you know, I wanted to um maybe read this uh this reading that we have for concept five.
1: Yes, let's talk about concept five because I right. have something good for that too.
0: <laughs> okay. And we've overlapped with it a little bit already, but here we go. So concept five again. The rights of appeal and petition protect minorities and ensure that they can be heard. I have a reading from the book, Re- Reaching for Personal Freedom. This is on page 139 in the Concept 5 section. Before coming to al I felt I had no voice. I didn't believe I had the choice to agree or disagree, to follow or lead, to stay or walk away. Nor did I have the tools for speaking up and making decisions. I was rarely asked to express my opinion. When I did, I was afraid to disagree. As a result, I seldom asked for what I really wanted, which created anger and frustration within me. I found myself selecting domineering partners in relationships and then being angry because they were controlling. I felt like a little girl in a woman's body. After attending Al-Anon, I understood that I had the right to voice my opinion because speaking up is necessary for my self-esteem. I also learned that it was okay if my opinion differed from someone else's opinion. Although it is important that I speak my mind quietly and respectfully, it does not guarantee that I will get my way. It only offers me the opportunity to be heard. Others can take what they like and leave the rest. Conversely, my opinion does not necessarily have to be heard. It is mine to share or withhold. Sometimes, keeping my opinion to myself is just as important as speaking up. Concept 5 has taught me that, in addition to learning that I have a right to speak up, I have a duty to listen to others and keep an open mind. I don't always agree with someone else's opinion, but I do my best to consider it fairly and objectively. I've also learned to appreciate the phrase, you might be right. I like that because, um, it, well, for one, it captures a lot of my own experience. I mean, I have, there definitely are differences in, in my life and the writer's um, because I did feel I had a voice. But at the same time, um, I often refrain from speaking up if I thought other people were going to disagree with me.
1: yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I find it particularly, I, I don't really have that problem like with work issues, but I really have that problem with sort of societal and uh, personal issues that if I think, if, if I'm with a group that I feel does not agree with me on some, uh, you know, topic about uh, what's going on in society, how we should be, whatever, I am um, very likely to just keep my mouth shut because I don't want to stir up controversy Mm-hmm. So I really identified with that. Uh and then there's this this line that keeping my opinion to myself sometimes is just as important as speaking up and and that is something that I really need to keep in mind because uh sometimes you know if I'm in a discussion and things are really going I can very easily dominate uh with my opinion and and uh, and reiterate it. Just you know, try to like drive it in. Okay, and um, that's uh, as it says here. Not always the best thing to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, what what do you get from the reading?
1: Okay, so I get a lot of things from the reading. I think um, the last thing you were talking about when is when is the time when should I not give my opinion? Reminds me a lot of um, tradition five because what is my purpose? What is the mm. purpose? My primary purpose. And that's how I think about that, because sometimes my purpose, like you were saying, is stir up controversy. Like what is what's going on? Is this a group where that's what we do? We talk about things that are controversial? Then, yes, I would probably be more willing to. But I found that a lot of times I try to really focus on what am I here for? And if something isn't what I'm there for, part of my purpose. And I'll give another example. So if it's um, like on Facebook, I had somebody comment and my Facebook is really a safe place for me because I've curated my friends list to make it so, Uh but it's some, you know, like there were the thing, you know, there was stuff going on in the news. And so sometimes not often I will comment, but I'm not, I don't comment because I want to get into a discussion about something. So I had somebody make a, make like a, you know, I made a post and then somebody commented and I said, yeah, you know, I'm not really interested in moderating this type of discussion on my page. So I'm going to delete your comment, you know, but I told them why, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm like, that's, this is not really, because that's not what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. I'm not here on Facebook to have a long throw where people are going back and forth about something. And I don't need you to disagree with me. (laughs) You can disagree with me, but I'm not trying to get into that kind of discussion. And I think that's perfectly okay. But you know, there was a time, of course, when I might have let it stand because I didn't want to upset the other person because that's not what you do. But now I'm like, no, I don't. That's not that's not healthy for me, because my primary purpose was I just wanted to say how I felt about this thing. But I didn't want to get in a debate about it with somebody else. Right. And so that sort of um, or if it's like a family gathering, you know, my parents and I don't necessarily see eye to eye on certain things but we don't have to talk about it if it's if it's Thanksgiving and we're here to enjoy each other's company I'm not going to share my opinion about something that small so we can start a fight and then everybody's angry like because I'm not here for that today there may be another day where that's the day i like I will not I must not be quiet on this issue but if it's not if right now affecting us I don't have to talk about it you know so I think that's that's something I've learned, and I think that it goes with – anyway. So getting back to the rest of the passage. Um, so like you, I I do really – in work situations, I'm pretty good about it. But usually it was always in family situations for me that I would – if something didn't sit right with me or with close friends and I didn't agree. And it would just be stuff that made me – maybe um, – it get, it just gets into so much of what we do in the steps. Like that whole intuition thing we talked about, all that stuff. It's those moments where it's like, I should have said something and I didn't say anything. I didn't stand up for myself. And then I get sick and I feel depressed. And I found lately that a lot of times when I'm upset, um, I realized I really understand I'm not upset at the other person for doing something. Like if I'm upset at my daughter, I'm not upset at her because she did something. I'm upset because I didn't say or I didn't speak up to say no when I wanted to. I didn't voice that minority opinion, you know? Um, and, and that's what that reminded me of. Like I, sometimes I feel like I, I would just feel like I couldn't say anything because I didn't want to rock the boat, but sometimes the boat had need to be rocked mm-hmm. and it's okay to be uncomfortable in that moment instead of have that long-term discomfort, which then is some of the stuff I'm in program. And now I have to undo years and years of long-term discomfort because I wasn't comfortable saying no at the time and mm-hmm. suffering a little bit of anger.
0: There's a couple of words in this concept that maybe, um, I'll spend a little bit of time talking about those words being rights of appeal and petition mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at the description of concept five in the uh, the past recovery book
1: yes and, me too
0: um, it says the right of appeal assures that dissenting opinions will be heard the right mm-hmm. of petition assures that a trusted servant can petition for resolution of a grievance so mm-hmm. what what i when I hear that, when I read that, I think, okay, so the right of appeal is, if I disagree with something that it seems like the majority of the people in the group are are saying, um, I have a right to speak up and and voice my opinion. Um, I have a right to be heard, mm-hmm. uh, which is not is not how I think of like appeal in sort of in the legal system. It's a little bit different, right? It's sort of appealing, yeah. appealing to the group to hear me. I guess is what it is. Okay, please hear me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the right of petition here is like sort of a very specific thing about um, you know the people who are doing, who we have chosen to do um, some of the work of the group. Our trusted servants, as it were, um, is the word that, that gets used, and and that one's not quite so clear to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I understand, like, uh, about, like, if they think that something's going on that's not right, um, they have the right to speak up about it. Um, I'm I'm not thinking of an example right now. I don't know. Maybe you have one.
1: Well, the way I heard, yeah, because I'm looking at that, too, um, and it's on page 279, right? They talk about how if you have a personal grievance, it can be carried all the way. The way I heard the way I understood the right of petition, we were talking about this in the group recently is right. The right of appeal means as we're having a discussion, you have a right to have your voice heard. Um, and the way we've talked about it sort of in our group is the right of petition is after the decision has been made. If someone wants to readdress it, who maybe was absent or didn't understand it it can be readdressed, but that's not, yeah, the pastor recovery is saying a little bit different. Like if there's a personal grievance, but I think what it's saying too, is that no punitive, basically no punitive measures will be taken against you. If you choose to speak up because you have the right to, you're not going to be punished and thrown out of Al-Anon because you don't agree with something or you think you've been mistreated. They're saying we'll hear you out and we'll investigate and we'll try to find a way to come, um, to to come to an agreement and if and if possible, and it even says you know the need for directions and discipline like if something has to be corrected it'll be corrected but it's I think it's just showing us how safe of a space Al-Anon is like this is supposed to be a safe space so if there's something that's making you feel unsafe or please let us know so we can figure out the best way to deal with this situation. But not in a way that will ever be personally punitive to members of the group.
0: That okay, I, I'm getting that, um, and uh, I'm thinking about maybe some ways in which um, a way in which that we we use that in um, our youth groups in in our mm-hmm. church community, uh, in particular when we come together for a weekend conference with youth from. A number of different churches, and so they don't necessarily all know each other. They haven't, uh, you know, they haven't been together all year and really uh, uh, formed a, a working group. But they, you know, this is a community that comes together for for forty eight hours, less than forty eight hours, and and so when somebody might not feel really comfortable speaking up uh, mm-hmm. in such a group about something that is bothering them, and so we have uh, a number of different ways in which. Um, that can happen. We have some uh, people who are appointed as chaplains, which, uh,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, is a, is a person who will hear you in confidence and can then, if you have a concern that you want uh, addressed, could then bring that to the community sort of as a, as a spokesperson so that, you know, I'm feeling, if I'm feeling, um, uh, thinking of words here, words are hard. Um, you know, we have somebody. Let's say we have somebody in the community who, who is a little different from everybody else, um, and they're feeling um, like people are uh, looking down at them or treating them unfairly. Um, they could bring that to a chaplain and say, "I'm feeling this," and the, the chaplain can say, "Well, okay, you know, let's talk about. I can bring this to the group and we can talk about how we are as a community without bringing you specifically into it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we also have um, a a box into which people can put um, notes about you know things they saw that that were good things that they saw that they're concerned about or, or things they just want to bring to the attention of the whole community and again it's a way of being able to sort of speak out without uh, any fear of reprisal because uh, only only the people that you trust to keep your confidence are actually you know seeing that and maybe maybe they can't even tell who wrote it because you didn't sign right. it or anything you don't have to sign it right. Um, but at the same time, that process protects the community from somebody who's just trying to be abusive back to the community through this anonymous mechanism. So I guess that, that's a way that I think about this right of petition working out in one of the groups that I'm familiar with. And it's probably not exactly the same, but it seems like a similar sort of concept.
1: Yeah, there were, um, there's two other really good things in Pastor Recovery about, um, Concept five, because really it's saying concept five is all about listening. Mm-hmm. So the first one is at the page of um, 279, where it says, Listening to a minority voice may bring to mind a solution we have never even thought about that serves all parties better than a compromise.
0: I saw that this morning and I thought, yep, Yeah, and that the one, so and it,
1: right, and it's practicing consideration and courage helps us seek resolution where everyone wins. And then there's this example where it says um, there's a story of two people who wanted a single orange, recognizing that if one got the whole orange, the other would be unhappy. They agreed to compromise, so each took half of the orange. So one promptly peeled her half, threw the peel away, and ate the pulp. The other peeled the half he got, grated the peel, and then threw away the pulp. So that they listened more closely to each other. They have discovered a solution. And when in which each one, the whole part of the orange they wanted and none of it would have been wasted. So one wanted the pulp and one wanted the peel, but because they were just like, I want the orange and they didn't listen to each other, neither one of them got the whole, they could have just said, oh, well here, I'll peel it and you can have the peel and I'll have the inside. And they would have both had the whole thing that they wanted and they didn't. And I thought that was great because um, the other example in here is about listening and this is on page 281 where it says i read concept five again and thought maybe if i listened to the alcoholic i would indeed learn something mm-hmm. until now i had ignored most of his comments and thought it was just the booze talking
0: mm-hmm.
1: a very a very surprising thing happened when i began to listen i began hearing all sorts of things that i had been rejecting and that just reminded me um my daughter's not an alcoholic but it just reminded me of how I had been so sure I was right that I was unwilling to listen and then when I actually would listen to her she had really good ideas and I was like oh it doesn't have to just be one way and so I learned how to start hearing other people and taking into consideration what they said but I wasn't you know I wasn't raised that way there was no listen to all, you know, give everybody a chance to talk. And do, like, there was none, it was just like, do it this way because I told you to, and don't ask questions. And if you do, you'll get in trouble for that. So opening up to that idea of, oh, I can listen to someone who I think may not know anything and actually learn something.
0: <laughs> How about that? How about that? Yeah. Which, um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I had actually a, a an incident at work this week, where uh, it would have gone better if I had had used this concept, uh, and uh, in in my interactions with somebody. Mm-hmm. Again, we were we were in a meeting. We were talking about um, how we we're going to um, work on a particular uh, part of the work we have to do, and it's it was a group of people from several different teams within the organization that had to come together on this this particular problem and each of the teams has or doesn't have currently an understanding of the of the whole problem uh, everybody has maybe understandings of little parts of the problem and then there are some people who who haven't had to deal with this problem before but they're on one of the teams that's going to be working on it and one of one of those people started to ask a question about about one particular aspect of it, you know, was this going to be an issue? And, and I heard the beginning of the question and, you know, in my head, I said, I know what this question's about. (laughs) I know what the answer is. The answer is it's not a concern. Um, You know, let's jump to the end. (laughs) Let's jump to the end, say, look, this is not a problem and we can move on and we can talk about something else. And, so the person started asking the question, and and they got to the the end of the first part of the question, and I said no, and they kept talking, and I said no, and they kept talking, and I said no, and I wasn't saying it like you know loud or mean or anything, but I I was repeating it, and and another person, the person who was actually chairing the meeting, said Spencer, and I was like, right, shut up and let let this person ask their question, let them ask the question fully, yeah, uh, and then. And then I was able to explain why I was saying no, and they said I don't get it. And I said, okay, let's explain it a different way. Let's explain it this way, and mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Uh, and that really was much more effective, I think, mm-hmm. in the long run. But also in terms of the just the tone of the meaning and me saying no, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and. You know, and I sort of saw myself doing it, but I didn't stop myself until, until the person chairing the meeting uh, called me out on it. I was like, okay, uh, yeah, I'm doing the same thing again. Don't do this thing, uh, because I was I was all about efficiency, right? I was all about moving mm-hmm. the meeting forward, uh, and I wasn't thinking about. Well, I certainly wasn't thinking about the right of the person who was asking the question to be heard. Oops, mm-hmm. um, and I also wasn't thinking about. The fact that if they can fully ask their question and then I can answer it with an explanation rather than just no, 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 uh, that in fact everybody probably comes out of the meeting with a better understanding of what it is we're trying to do and what it is we're not trying to do, because mm-hmm. basically what this person was asking was something that we didn't have to we didn't have to do. Um, and and uh, so keep this concept in mind. I can use this concept in every part of my life, including at work. <laughs>
1: You know, and I'll just add one more thing. I know we're almost done talking about it, but the you know, what really helped me learn to listen and to consider minority opinions Mm -hmm. and differing opinions is going to meetings and having to listen to people talk and share, because what would often happen sometimes is I would look at a person just like you were saying. I know what this person is going to say. Whatever they say is not going to relate to me. Or, oh, my gosh, this person always talks too long. You know, like whatever it is I had about the person. And then they would share. And that would be the thing that I really took from the meeting and really remembered or that I really, really, or are really related to. And that happened enough times for me to just be like, maybe I should just listen <laughs> to what they say. And it happened to another one. We were, you know, we were not gossiping, I promise. But she was just kind of like, oh, gosh. Oh, this guy came in and then he was just going to, I knew he was going to, he always takes so long during his share because our meetings are usually kind of small. So people have a lot of time and she, and then I was looking at her when he was sharing and she was nodding and like, yes, yes, I agree with everything you say. And so that's what I like too, is it takes, going to meetings takes, takes me out of that whole, I know everything because all I can do, I mean Obviously, I can let my mind wander, but usually I'm just there to listen. And when I listen, I do learn, and I hear from people that I didn't expect to hear from. And it's just a really different kind of experience than what I what I was used to before. So that is all I have to say, Spencer.
0: All right. Um, I'm looking at a question here that says, How, what can I do when I react negatively to someone's opinion? And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned Facebook earlier, and, and I have... Um, I have friends on Facebook for lots of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it comes back to this, you know, what is the purpose of this particular relationship? And And I have some friends, Facebook friends, who are at the extreme opposite end of the political spectrum from me. Mm-hmm. And they post things that just really piss me off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how can you think this? How can you believe this? Oh, my God. But I don't. I don't jump in, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. take the bait because that's not why that person's on my friend list.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to post if, if, and when I post political things, I'm going to post things that I believe in, that I feel strongly about more likely. I'm just going to click like on somebody else's because then I'm non confrontational. Right. (laughs) Uh, Which is me. Uh, Yeah. But when somebody posts one of these things that, that I just totally disagree with, um, you know, I understand I know this guy i'm thinking of one person in particular, but there are, there are a number of people that 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 do this um you know he's a great guy, um but mm-hmm. I understand where he's coming from. I understand his background and his beliefs and and they're not mine and mm-hmm. and I have another friend who's really good friends with him also and and we're like, yeah, you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just don't talk to him about that stuff. I think about my father in- law uh, my father-in-law yeah. who's who's uh you know he died almost what eight years ago but um, we got along great we just didn't talk about certain things right um you know we didn't talk about politics and we didn't talk about religion and, mm-hmm. uh, and we got along great otherwise pretty much uh, and occasionally yeah. you know occasionally but uh, uh it, when we when we put those boundaries on on our relationship it was a good relationship you know he was a nice guy he just we disagreed fun- about some fundamentals of, of of how things work and how things should work, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I remember one time, um, and it must have been shortly after the the Da Vinci Code came out, and and I think my wife had read it, and so she she was tried to bring this up in a conversation, and and he just said, "I don't like that book um, because it basically says that." things that are fundamental to my belief system are are untrue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really I respected him for that because he was able right. to say, look, I disagree with this. It it you know totally negates th- things that I believe and and I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to um and so we didn't, you know. And mm-hmm. it was but it was just he did it so respectfully and so um uh, you know honestly like mm-hmm. that wow i couldn 't i couldn 't say well you 're full of shit obviously mm-hmm. uh, you know this was something that was really important to him, and I never would have said that anyway but i mean yeah
1: uh,
0: I might have thought it but i didn 't even think it i guess <laughs> that's right. that 's the point right i didn 't even think it um, so that that's um and that how do so when I react negatively to somebody 's opinion i 'm much more i'm i 'm likely to go hide um, mm-hmm. but I'm learning to, um, it depends on the circumstance, you know, and there are circumstances like Facebook where it's just, it's not important for me to engage. Yeah. Um, and
1: I, now before I probably would have been like, it's really important for you to know my opinion and be on my, you know, right. I'm sway you. And I think that now it's less important. Like you were saying, I had, um, just to give you, I had a student write a paper, um and it was very sexist and but what i was able to do and you know i have say i have people who are safe that i can talk to about those things so like i didn't have to unload on the student mm. and i didn't and i had to think about um some of you know some of what the paper was saying was I can understand, like you were saying, I can understand where he was coming from with it. But then there was just something that was blatantly sexist. So that thing I could point out, you know, I'm like, yeah, you can't make this argument. <laughs> or you just can't make that. That's sexist. Don't do that. Whereas the other stuff I was able to just say... um to focus on the purpose of the assignment. And I think it's, you know, we we talked before about what are our motives and what's our purpose and all of those things. And so for that one, I was able to, I could say, oh my gosh, I can't believe he wrote this. (laughs) But then I could also say, okay, well, I don't have to attack you for writing this. I can say you didn't fulfill the assignment, which he didn't. So that was fine. Um, I can remove myself from situations. I don't have to engage in them. One of my friends on Facebook, if somebody, if she posts something that she, she, cause she posts a lot of things she feels strongly about. If somebody posts and they try to argue with her or whatever, or they're really nasty and she says, listen, this is my page and this is what I believe. If you want to talk about it, talk about it on your page. I won't come on your page and talk and, and put down or um, try to attack your thing and i thought that's a really good way to handle it too like just to say this is my space and i you know i this is the way i choose to engage with it um the other thing i can do is we talk about pause and i can say the serenity prayer (laughs) yeah which has helped me so many times or your will not my will i'll do that because i can do that in a breath Right, like, oh, not my will, like I don't have to do um, you know, may not take as long, but or I can just sometimes recognize, um, you know, I'm trying to help my daughter with this because, of course, she was like, no, I disagree with this thing, and it's a front, and I'm like, because that happened at a wedding, I'm like, listen, we're here for the wedding, we're not here to get engaged in these kinds of debates, and yes, it sucks that this thing came up, but we do not have to deal with this. Like, this is not the time or place for this discussion. Um, and, you know, it's just sort of so basically, everything you said setting boundaries, serenity prayer, let go, just breathe through it. Um, and I don't have to get in a confrontation today. And I also don't have to be quiet in a way that disrespects myself, like your father in law. Like, he can say, I don't want to talk about this, and that's just, that's perfectly valid too, because it's it's a clear boundary, and it's saying I'm choosing not to talk about this thing because I don't want to, and that is okay.
0: Yep, yep, and uh, and serenity prayer, let go, let God. Mm-hmm. That um, uh, I am powerless over other people's opinions.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Any final thoughts about these concepts? It seems like uh, these are really can be really applicable in my life.
1: No, I don't. I mean, I think the main thing for me is just I do. I really I hadn't really spent. I've spent a lot of time thinking about concept four, and it's so short, which makes it so easy. Yeah. Um, And I hadn't really thought about five, but so I'm really happy we had this discussion today.
0: All right. Thanks.
1: Today's reminder. Being part of a unified group feels strange if I'm not used to it. Working my program in such situation, situations helps me feel more comfortable and confident. A fight always started, and this is the quote, and this is from Hope for Today on page 99. Sorry about that. And then the final quote is A fight always started when I expressed my opinion at home. I always gave in to keep the peace. In Alanine, I learned a different way. End quote.
0: After a short break, we will continue with Our Lives in Recovery, where we talk about how recovery works in our daily lives and in our meetings. Uh, The first musical selection that I chose for this uh, episode, you can listen to it on the website at therecoveryshow.com slash 114. This is uh, from an album called Trio 2 with Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, and Linda Ronstadt. And I chose this because it has harmony. And the the topic of the song really... um, is irrelevant. Uh, it's it's the beautiful three part harmony that these these three uh, wonderful singers have with each other. That uh, just as soon as I started thinking about harmony, participation is the key to harmony. They're participating and creating lovely harmony. Uh, so go on over to the website and and listen to it. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery. Uh, what's happening in our meetings and our lives this week. How was your week, Akila?
1: My week was okay. I did not get to any of our meetings this week, though, because things were crazy. Um, my, I had an, my daughter had a meeting, and so I forgot to put it on my calendar, so I kind of got blindsided by it <laughs> when I usually go on Wednesday nights, and it was the same time. And so we both kind of were like, oh my gosh, we forgot about this thing. So I missed that meeting. And then the rest of my week has just been crazy. And then my Saturday morning meeting, I was, I was, I I got kind of a late start and I was on my way, but then I had something come up with uh, my apartment complex and I was talking to my mom about that. So I had to handle that. And I didn't make it there for the last five minutes. And it's so funny because a woman in the group usually comes in late because um, I think she works or something in the morning. So she comes by when she's done. And it's so weird, but I really was like, I just need to go to this meeting. And I know I'm only going to be there for the closing, but it's it's really important that I get there. And so I went and I, you know, I did get to talk to people in the meeting after the meeting, and that was really good. So I'm glad I went. And that is my week. How about yours?
0: <laughs> oh, boy. I want to start with meetings, I guess. Um, and uh, oh, it's funny, you were talking about uh, you know, there's always somebody who talks too long or whatever, and uh, uh, I was in a meeting yesterday morning, and we were, we were doing step 11, um, and this one person started talking, and sort of wandered off into all these things that he was powerless over, and anyway, that I, I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but he, he, he definitely wandered, and I was sitting there thinking, man, this guy's talking a really long time. Hey, should I say something? We don't usually <laughs> say something in our in our Al Anon meetings. I know in AA they'll shut people up, but I've never you know really been to an Al Anon meeting where we told people, "Hey, you're talking too long." Um, and and so you know that a whole dialogue went a monologue, whatever you know, me talking to myself went on in my head, and then um, I've been reading this book about listening because mm-hmm. it's a skill that I need to do better, and one of the things that um, the the book talked about was sort of it says when you go to a movie you get really engaged okay mm-hmm. you get involved because they make the situation very real and you can sort of you know understand what's going on in people's heads and you can really get connected uh, and so they said when somebody is talking and maybe well this is the way I took it when when you're having trouble getting engaged with what what somebody's talking about can you sort of step into their movie. Can you put yourself where they are? Which a movie makes it very easy, generally, to put yourself in the character's shoes. And so um, I tried to put myself into his movie, if you will, and sort of feel what feelings he was expressing and so on. And that that really helped me to, to stay in the meeting, to stay with what was happening, even though um, I still was you know wishing he would finish, but um it it i definitely got i definitely got more engaged and less judgmental, okay, I think that 's the way to put it, okay it was progress, yeah. it was not perfection, but it was progress
1: that 's right and
0: and then and then he says well i 'm just rambling, so i guess i 'll stop now and I was like hallelujah, but um you know it was it definitely helped it really did um so it's funny that you talked about that because it that just so brought that brought that back. Um I had a uh I had a step 10 experience this week. Um where, uh where I had um I had volunteered for something um, at church and we had a meeting about some crisis that was some mini crisis that was happening and it was at the end of a long day. I was pretty stressed and I went into this meeting and I felt like I wasn't being heard. And whether that's true or not, um, probably I was being heard, but I felt like I wasn't being heard that, that I was being pushed aside in favor of other people. And I kind of jumped on him about it and, uh, um, you know, said, Hey, I'm talking here. Listen to me in effect. Mm. And, and, in and, in pretty much that tone of voice. and, it wasn't those exact words, but that's okay. And afterwards, I was like, oh man, you did that thing where you like bit people's head off when they didn't deserve it. Uh, you could have either just shut up um, and probably would have had a chance to make your point later, or, um, you know, maybe you could have said it in a way that wasn't so confrontational. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. So
0: that was my self talk. And, and I was like, okay, I'm going to send out an apology, but then I didn't, because you know I was busy. That's why I was stressed. I was busy. Um, you know, it all, it's a circle, right? And so then it gets yeah. to the point, well, oh damn, I was going to send that out like right after the meeting, and I didn't send it out, and now it's like, you know, several days later, and and it just it's going to be awkward, and so oh, I'm not going to do it. And then and then this morning I was like, no, I really need to do this thing so that when I see these people. The people who are in the meeting. When I see them again at Ganna church, I'm not going to feel like I have this thing that I'm going to feel awkward about because last time I saw you, I yelled at you, and so I sent out the apology. And you know, we'll see. I mean, I just sent it out. I said, "This is I apologize for this behavior. Um, this is something I've been working on uh, for." In several years, it still comes out when I'm under <laughs> stress. The stress had nothing to do with 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 the meeting I was in. It had to do completely to do with other things in my life, and I'm sorry. Uh, and you know, and that was it. Uh, and that's that's one of the things. You know, there's this there's this emphasis. I don't know if it's actually in the literature, or if I get it from just talking to people, or maybe it's in AA about you know when you make an amends. And I think it really is in the section I'm making amends is don't justify. Don't excuse, just say, I did this, this is what I'm trying to do to f- amend it uh, and and leave it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, and that is so hard. That is so hard. I just want to make excuses and I want to say, justify what I did and I can't do that. I've, I've learned that I can't do that. Um, you know, and it wasn't a huge thing. It's just that I didn't want to feel... You know, like there was something between me and the other person. Whether the other people even are still holding on to it, I don't know, but I was. And this is the way that I can let go of it, which is why I did it. Um, so, yeah, um, other stuff going on this week. Um, oh, yeah, my daughter. Um, I might have talked about this actually in the last podcast because it did happen. No, well, maybe not. I don't know. Her car, her car finally <laughs> died. Um, the one Uh-oh. that she bought for $700 at Christmas time. Um, it. Uh, <laughs>
1: Wait, this Christmas?
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know what, five <laughs> months ago, uh, four and a half months, I don't know. Uh, it was $700, you know?
1: I know, she got her money's worth. Uh, um, what are you going to
0: Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. She's not in program, right? But what she mm-hmm. said was, I think having this car saved me at least $700 in not missing work. Because... Mm-hmm. She has this thing where in the cold weather, like, her lungs really hurt if she's out in the cold for very long. And so mm-hmm. she couldn't take the bus to work because she would get there and just her whole chest would be in pain. Um, mm-hmm. And so she said, I, I'm sure I saved at least that much money in not having sick days because she doesn't get paid for sick days. Um, mm-hmm. And who knows if I took too much time off, they're not supposed to, but they might have fired me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I just thought, wow, that is that's such a positive attitude about this, you know, uh, and you know, she went to the bank, she got approved for a loan. Um, and, uh, and she actually, we went and test drove cars on Thursday evening. Uh, she found one that she liked. She took it to a mechanic on Friday. He said, it's in pretty good shape. They should fix this one thing. She went back to the dealer. Well, she called me and says, how do I do this? Like so get them to fix this thing. I said, ask them to fix it and put it into the price of the car. Because, you know, right now she's she just started a new job, so mm-hmm. um, she's sort of living off her savings until the new job starts coming in and and uh, you know I said, look if you can get them to roll the you know probably hundred dollar repair into the price of the you know seven thousand dollar car, um, you can put that on the financing and yeah, it costs you more in the long run, but right now you don't have the money right. Um, and she says, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." So she did it, you know. And she was maybe going to pick it up yesterday. I haven't seen it on Facebook, so I guess she must be. Uh, <laughs> they they worked done with it, you know. Hey, this is how I find out what's going on in my kid's life, right? You know, uh, they no, it's it, fine. Especially her. I mean, she puts her life on yeah. Facebook, so that I, I, if I don't hear it directly from her, I just go look at Facebook and see what's happening.
1: Now you're making me think I'm going to have to get Snapchat when my daughter goes away to school. Oh, <laughs> That's geez. still what they're doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay anyway so so that was my week and just seeing seeing some program principles work in in the mm. life of of my daughter who definitely does not go to meetings which is a totally yeah. separate topic and i can't change that
1: you know what spencer you talk that reminded me i did have some stuff to share about my week this is all important stuff <laughs> but um i had started rereading the Adult Children and Alcoholics, which is not Al Anon of Food mm-hmm. Literature. That's the one that's um that was written by like the the expert lady. And I told my daughter, I was just like, We were talking about something and you know, she just doesn't understand me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, I think if you I said if you read this book, you may understand more about me. Uh. Like I really think you'll understand me. And so she said, Okay. So as I'm reading it, you know, I'm starting to see the patterns of behavior um, and then some of the things that are going on with her. But I wasn't even thinking about that when I said it. So I wasn't being manipulative. This is a boon for me. This is very good. I wasn't trying to convince her to read it for herself. But what happened is as she started reading, it, she was like, oh, my gosh, I do these things. I see these things. And we've been talking a lot. And um so I went to my group and I, you know, she's like, Oh my gosh, this is me. Like, you know, she was starting to identify with it because I had told her before, like this stuff affects you because you were raised by me, even though you don't have, um, you don't live with your, your alcoholic parent. I said, I was raised in an alcoholic household and I didn't get into recovery until you were like 11 or 12. So you got like 12 years of your mom not being healthy, um, versus your mom being in a recovery. And so, she was just kind of, you know, she's just like, whatever. Um, but, you know, she's had some other stuff going on. So she's reading this book. And so I went to, we we had our group conscience meeting for my home group. And we were talking about, um, we did a group inventory. So we are going through and over our inventory. And one of the questions is about Allatine, And so I was like, we really need an out al- because we we don't have one in our area. Mm-hmm. And I said, we really need one. I, my daughter is, will really go to that. I think she'd be more, she's way more open to going. And I was like, we need one because she would, she would go. I would bring her with me. We'll have it at the same time. And then another woman said, yeah, well, my son's 13 and he will really benefit from that. So one of the things we're, so then we talked about it, So we're definitely going to um, try to get an Alateen meeting going in our area. And so when I came home and I talked to my daughter about it, I said, yeah, we're probably going to do this Alateen Thing and she said, Oh, I would go to that. Like I would <laughs> that would probably be very helpful because then I could say, these people know what I'm going through. <laughs> so that I was know. like a really good thing that happened. And um that wasn't this week, which is why I forgot about it. It was last week, but it still counts. And oh, then yeah. um, yeah, and so that happened. And then the other thing, getting back to this participation thing, we've been talking about well, the principal, so one of the principles here is that, because I used to let her not go to things if she didn't feel like it. And now I know better. like, if you don't feel like it, you need to just go. Um, And so I've been pushing to do that in the past couple of times. She's gone and she's really been happy. And that happened this time because she had said she had told her friend she was going to this meeting on Wednesday that I missed mine for. And she's like, oh, I don't know. Then actually she told him she was going to go. She's like, I don't know if I want to go. I don't really feel like it. Then she went and she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I went. (laughs) So these things keep happening. And she and then she starts learning. It's good for me when I commit to do stuff. It's good for me when I commit to do stuff. Um, But that's and that's because that's what I've learned. So I passed on to her. So, well, thanks. That is now I I am finished because I have actually shared something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for adding on. (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay. Upcoming topics uh, include service. I got an um, email and a call this week from a listener who's uh, interested in talking about service he has been very involved in service in, in his group and, and in his district. And so I hope to do that in the next week or so. Awesome, um, and uh, there's there's some other topic ideas that have been sent in that I am just not remembering at the moment, but I do have all your emails, so I can go back through and say, oh yeah, so and so sent me an email, so we should talk about this. Um, I know somebody asked me about did did you guys talk about detachment, and I'm like, yeah, I think that was episode four. Maybe we should do it again. Um, yeah, so there's that's a, there's another a good, good one. one. Yeah, <laughs> actually, we had um, yeah, I guess I talked about this in the last episode. Uh, my Sunday night meeting last week, we talked about detachment and it's always a good topic. Always a good topic. Yeah. Because there's always something in my life I need to detach from. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, we welcome your thoughts on uh, today's topic or on our upcoming topics. Uh, you can join the conversation. Please leave us a voicemail or send us an email with your feedback or questions. And Akila, how can people send us feedback?
1: You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Call right now to 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join a conversation from your computer. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can send emails to feedback at therecoveryshow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic of Concepts 4 and 5, or any of our upcoming topics. If you have a topic you'd like to talk about, let us know. Spencer, where can our listeners find out more about The Recovery Show?
0: Well, that would be our website, which is therecoveryshow.com. It's show all mushed together.com. .com. Uh, It has all the information about the show, including notes for each episode, an occasional blog, uh, links to the music we talk about, links to other recovery podcasts and websites. And uh, you can leave comments there. You can send us email uh, you can use the voicemail, or you can uh, join the conversation in a bigger way by becoming a guest host. And uh, there's a couple different uh, levels, if you will, of participation there. Uh can have a, uh, a short conversation, which usually will take 20 to 30 minutes, like I did with Brooke uh, in the last episode. Or you can be a full guest host, which takes about two hours like Akilah's doing today. And, uh, and I thank all of you who have done that and are thinking about doing that. Email feedback at com if you're interested.
1: Yes. Um, so we're going to take a short break before diving into the mailbag. Our second musical selection available on the website is We're All In This Together from the High School Musical soundtrack and... So we really went through a high school musical phase and the music is awesome. but that song is really all about. I mean, it's the final song in the first movie. and it's all about how if we're talking about participation is the key to harmony. It's all about how we we're all here and speaking out with one voice. We come from different, we're all different. We're not the same we're different in our own ways, but together is where we belong. And so they learn that they can all work together, which is what concept four is all about. Well, we got uh, a
0: few emails uh, since the uh, last episode uh, went to tape, as it were. It's not really tape. It's really my computer hard drive. But uh, we got uh, got an email. You want to read the email from Kelly?
1: Sure. It says, thanks so much from New Zealand for your show. I had a fall last week and have post-concussion syndrome. I'm unable to attend meetings at the moment. I get tired reading and writing. Listening to your podcast is perfect. It has given me hope and reminded me I'm not alone. Thank you. Thanks
0: Kelly. Yeah, thank you Kelly. And uh hope you're uh you get better soon. My daughter had a concussion uh her sophomore year in college. She had actually two in in a couple of weeks and um really affected her ability to do her schoolwork for quite a while. Um, wow. That was that was her worst semester um of her college career. Uh, and uh, so uh take it easy um and take the time to uh to recover fully, and uh, and thanks for the good words. Um, I'm going to read this uh, long email from Brian. Um, Brian has uh, written before. As he says, Hi, Spencer. Long time no talk. I continually listen and learn from your podcasts. I was pleased that in the latest one you mentioned, Loudon Wainwright the third White Winos. That's a, a song that I played in, in one of the recent uh, podcasts. Um, I think the one about Do You Drink? Yeah. I must confess yeah. that the YouTube clip that you posted on the show notes was better than the one I originally sent you. Well, thanks, Brian. And Brian had recommended that song a while ago, uh, and, uh, and I had to kind of get into it because uh, white wine was, was my loved one's drink of choice, and so mm. I got a little triggered about that song. But it is a great song about uh, the experience of drinking with somebody, um, and I've used it in a couple of different episodes. Brian continues, I'm entering my third year of Al-Anon. It's great. I've volunteered to be our group representative alternate. It's a great education in seeing the connection or disconnection of our group to the rest of the Al-Anon universe. Thank goodness for local meetings. Tip O'Neill, former Speaker of Congress, once lamented, All politics are local. This statement is true for politics and recovery. Having a global-slash-world organization is good, but the real magic happens at local groups around the country. My loved one is still, as the country western song goes continuing to look for love in all the wrong places. So far, he's managed to stay out of the big house. I don't really have a relationship with the guy, but there are people in our circle that say he is trying to change. I had a surreal experience last month. We crossed paths along a main street in town. We looked at each other for a few seconds, and without any expression, we continued to pass each other. It was weird, and to be honest, I was not very happy with myself. As you probably already recognized through some of my meditations that I sent you, Uh, I reckon myself highly when it comes to understanding and working the program. I guess it's a guy thing, ego and all, trying to fit all the round pegs into their corresponding holes. In the end, I felt like an Al-Anon fake. I talked the talk, but do I walk the walk? Who knew the right thing to do? But this event really shook me up. It shook me up for all the wrong reasons. It scared me because after the event, I felt nothing. I felt as if I had passed a stranger that I vaguely remembered. The irony, of course, is that my loved one called and texted my wife, angrily wondering why I did what I did. Anyway, I continue to work the program, trying to find meaning in this vortex we call recovery. It strikes me that addiction and recovery have a duality. It's kind of like two ways that people search for meaning in their life, one destructive and one constructive. For me, for that moment in time which I passed my strange loved one finally made me understand but not accept that addiction and recovery often follow the same path just in different directions. The path of the addict and the path of recovery can be in a different space and time yet right next to each other in the same moment of time. Sorry to get so metaphysical but I know you understand where you're co- where I'm coming from. Keep up with the podcasts. You're doing a good job. You connect people to recovery and in turn to Al-Anon in a special way. Through your podcast, you have unveiled the meaning and understanding of recovery. As a loyal listener, we all know so much about you and your life, yet you know nothing of ours, yet it is all the same story. The journey that you have taken us on has ceased to become your journey, but a journey that we can all take together no matter where you live. There's a meditation in there somewhere. Talk to you later, Brian. Um, And uh, and thanks, Brian, for the note. And, you know, that, wow, that's a... That was a really. Um, I'm trying to think of the word here. I'm going to say interesting. It's not the word I want. Um, experience mm-hmm. that you related there, and uh, wow, um, I haven't been there, but I could, I could sort of see that happening. Um, you know, there definitely yeah, are could, people mm-hmm. that that are not in my life anymore because of various reasons, and and I have that same kind of thing when I encounter them. Like, oh, um, just walk on by, don't know you. Uh, thoughts on what Brian had to write, Kayla?
1: Well, first, thank you for writing in and sharing, Brian. Um, I've had a semi-similar experience just because my daughter's father is um, is an addict. And so I went and I've been in program and I've seen him since then. And I still like don't want to talk to him. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, you know, I, I I think I've worked through everything and then sometimes these moments come and it's like, yeah, no, you know, and I just, this is not related, but also semi-related. I mean, and it's not the same experience, but it's the same thing that happens when um, we talked about this a little bit in the triggers episode when things come up and it's like, I feel like I've processed them. Like every time father's day comes up, I feel I I think I'm doing okay until the day is almost here. Mm. And then I'm like, I have to confront this day and my feelings and emotions about it all over again. And sometimes it's not the best way. And I really screwed up on Mother's Day this year. I just was so like I was angry about it and I didn't want to deal with it because I have a resentment about it, which in turn. Means I did not treat my mother very well on Mother's Day, which I wound up having to make amends for. But it was the kind of, you know, it's that whole thing where it's just, it's progress, not perfection. Progress. I mean, I don't know what else, it's just progress. And we just never know what, how we're going to act in a situation. until we get in there and then all we can do is, um, or all I can do is then try to suss out, like, what does, what is it telling me about where I am now? And maybe what I still need to work on, or even how far I've come, because you know there's still growth in there. Because even if I didn't talk to, if, even if I didn't maintain eye contact with my daughter's father, or talk to him, or engage with him, I also was not nasty to him, and that is progress. <laughs> you, you know. Go. So there you go. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh, Got a um, short note we,
1: from. Sorry. I was going to say, do you want me to read this from Julie? Sure. Okay, so Julie from Texas wrote in, and she says, well, I'm back. Listening to the relapse episode because, yes, she's relapsed after 10 months. So tired. I will see her this weekend as she is driving down from Colorado to get the rest of her things out of my house. So thank you to, for helping me to get my head ready for this. And Julie has written in before, right?
0: Yes, she has. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm thinking I should feature that relapse episode on the front page of the website uh, it seems to, to yeah. get a lot of uh, a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, Kathleen wrote in with a song suggestion. Uh, the song is "Lost in My Mind" by the Head and the Heart. She says, "I love this song for its tone of compassion of for overthinking and obsessive thinking." It was a theme song in the mu- movie "Silver Lining Playbook," and I just heard it performed by staff and some patients at a charity event at the mental health facility. Uh, in in Atlanta, Georgia. Very powerful moment for me as an al and mom of a daughter with bipolar disorder. Kathleen. And, you know, I haven't listened to that uh, yet, but uh, I will find an episode that it fits into. Maybe we should talk about obsession.
1: Oh, boy. Whoa, that'd be
0: great. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. <laughs> there's a topic, obsession. All right. Obsession. yes, Because we definitely... Obsessive thinking. Yes. Uh,
1: yes. There's so much. Yeah. That'd uh, be great. <laughs>
0: Okay, a um, little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, website news here. I'm, uh, and actually, uh, I'm going to ask you, um, as you know, as a listener, do you use the website? Do you go to the website? Do you go to the website on your phone? Because the website is not very usable on a phone, um, and with the recent. Google has recently changed their rules for how they do search results and Mm -hmm. websites that are not good on mobile devices, i.e. phones, um, get downgraded in the search results, and and I want to be findable. So I've been thinking about uh, working on how I can um, restyle the the website to be uh, more phone-friendly, but I have some particular criteria that that I want it to do, and I haven't found... Um, I haven't found a style that I like yet um that will that will make it for the phone. I may go ahead and switch it uh to one that works on a phone that's you know not as definitely not as pretty at least in my opinion not as pretty as the one we have now. Um and uh but uh, uh is is a lot better on a phone. So I might do that and then keep looking for for you know the perfect one. Oh my god. Okay.
1: <laughs> You'll be looking for
0: uh, so, uh, you know, if, if you have strong opinions about, uh, oh, I love it the way it is, or I'd love to be able to get to the website on my phone and I can't, uh, or somewhere in between, let me know, uh, or don't, and I'll just do, you know, what I decide to do. So if you want to participate, then you can feel harmonious about the result.
1: <sighs> Ooh. Very cute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks.
0: <laughs> that one just came out. I did not uh, pre-think that one. it doesn't cost you anything to listen to the recovery show but we do have expenses they run about $60 a month you can help support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways we have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly just like Eric did and thank you again Eric we've also put together a list of recovery related books uh, which you can buy from Amazon there's a books link currently at the top of the page if I restyle the website it's going to be somewhere else um, and I'll have to go back and change all those places where I said it was at the top of the page, not. Um, and uh, anyway, if you buy one of these books through Amazon, uh, we get a little commission, which does does help. So, uh, in any case, let's see, where am I here? It costs you nothing extra and helps to keep us on the air. Thank you for support in whatever form you give it, whether it's recommending the podcast to a friend or just listening. We are here for you. And the last song selection... Uh, the song is Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. And uh, Akila looked at that and said, did Nina Simone do that song? And I was like, yes, yeah, she did it. Uh, I had put down the version by the Animals because that's the one I'm familiar with. I might put both of them on the website because I'm sure they're very different styles. Um, and that's always kind of fun for me <laughs> to hear the same song in, in different styles. And sometimes I get something completely different from it just like when you listen to somebody else talk about a topic in a meeting sometimes you hear something completely different okay um anyway you can listen to this at the recovery slash 114 thank you for listening and please keep coming back whatever your problems there are those among us who have had them too if we did not talk about a problem you are facing today feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode May understanding love and peace growing you one day at a time